the secret sauce is to stay focused and eliminate everything that's unnecessary. Hey guys, it's your girl Ashley Graham and you are listening to Business Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy Joey Price. If you can't sell, then you're not in business. Marketing and sales are the backbone of a company. If you believe this statement, then you definitely want to tune into this episode of the Business Life and Coffee podcast with Tom Liebelt. Tom learned from a young age how to sell and negotiate businesses by getting haggled by Russian vendors, and he's translated that experience over the years as he's grown to publishing over 5,000 Kindle books, building a successful CEO and online course marketing business, and he's partnered with a Muay Thai champion, owned a coffee shop, a retail store, a record label, created a documentary, and released two albums with five hits on top 10 Polish radio. All of it was bootstrapped, and he did it with zero outside funding. So we get an opportunity to chat with Tom today. So hang in there, take a listen, take notes. And I'd love to hear your feedback on our podcast website, on social media, following me at Joey V Price HR on Twitter and IG. Hey, Tom, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. So I'm curious, you only have 24 hours in a day, man. What? <laughs> how are you doing all of these things? What's the secret sauce to your success? You know, the secret sauce is to stay focused and eliminate everything that's unnecessary, right? When you don't do the things that most people do, you have a lot of time, right? So elimination is a big one and the focus. And I think those are very difficult too. It's these simple things which become very difficult to execute all the time, but they are what make success easier. What are some of the things that you've had to eliminate along the way to help you be successful? A lot of things, man. You know, hanging out on the weekends sometimes, that was eliminated. For about a year, I had no idea what TV shows, what movies, what anything entertainment-wise was out there because I just didn't have time for it. I remember that one year I was uh, recording the album. I was working full time at the sales company and finishing a bachelor's degree, right? So I was doing all these three things at one time and still trying to keep a relationship going, right? So things are possible, right? Like, especially in your 20s, you got to push yourself. You know, you got to see how far can you go? How many hours can you work, right? Just to stretch yourself. Because, you know, when you're 30s and your 40s, it's going to get worse, right? You're going to, you know, start to get tired. You're going to start to get tired. You're going to have a family. You're going to have life obligations. It's going to be a lot harder to take those risks uh, that you'd want to in your 20s. Yeah, definitely. And you sort of gain that experience too. And you gain the ability and the motivation and I guess the confidence to be able to make things happen. Right. Because those are huge roadblocks, too. Right. So many people that come to me and, and you mentioned you have interest in online courses. So I'll, I'll talk about that because we, we talked about it before the show a little bit. A big one is they have no business experience. They think sales are not a good thing. Right. So they have some kind of mindset problem with sales. They don't know what they should be teaching. They don't know how to position it. So basically no business experience or sales or marketing or prospecting experience. There's a lot of things involved and no confidence. Right. So they don't even think they can learn this stuff. So what advice do you typically give to somebody in that position who lacks that confidence? Well, like with courses especially, right? We'll say, look, I get it. These are too many hats for one person to wear. And I I completely agree with that. You know, I I can't be a teacher and be a developer and be a marketer and be um, a researcher and be uh, uh, whatever else you got to be to make something like that successful, right? Like I do marketing well. You know, if someone else is doing 
the teaching part well, well, maybe hire out the marketing then. It's just maybe too many hats. And for me to be able to do so many things, delegation and partnerships have been huge. So, Tom, earlier I started with your quote about if you can't sell, you're not in business and marketing sales being the backbone of the company. Why do you believe that marketing and sales are the backbone as opposed to, I don't know, a really great product or even the people in your business or some might even argue finance is more important. Why do you think that marketing and sales is so important for an entrepreneur to really drill down and pay attention to? So none of those other things matter unless you can bring a client in, right? With courses, for example, we actually tell people to pre-sell courses initially to even figure out if they should make one, which that alone tells you that the product doesn't really matter. And I've seen so many good products just sit on shelves too, you know, because someone doesn't know how to sell them. And then yet I've seen some mediocre things being sold well because people just know how to sell. But lately, since I made that statement, I'm starting to kind of rethink it too. I feel, you know, prospecting <laughs> is so important now because salespeople, fine, okay, sales are the number one thing, right? Yeah. But sales people are getting so lazy. It's like I call them vegetarian salespeople. Like they don't know how to hunt anymore. <laughs> you know, and yeah, yeah and, and, and they just sit there and wait for the phone to ring. And if the phone doesn't ring or the emails don't come in, the business shuts down. And I'm like, hold on a second here. You know, because when I was starting out, they made me go door to door to to do cold calling. Right. I was in New York and I was walking from a business to business for a different company. They had me cold call through the phone. So I was, you know, sitting there from 7 till 8.30 p.m. You know, that was the best timer from 6 to 8.30 dinner time. Mm-hmm. And I was calling people, you know, and I was prospecting. It's just something we did. I thought that's just a normal thing. And now sometimes when, you know, business people come up to me and be like, Tom, like, I don't know how to get traffic. I don't know who my clients are. How do I contact them? I'm like, is this really what we're dealing with now? Like, are we back to this, you know, square one again? Like, we got to reteach people how to prospect. You know, you know your clients by talking with them. That's how you figure out who your clients are. You know, so it's, but like you said, the the finances, right? You know, when I worked at at one of these big sales companies, the finances people always thought they're like super important, right? (laughs) But what they didn't realize is that, look, if our sales don't come in, you have nothing to do. There's nothing to manage. A great product, well, look, it helps. You know, it, it definitely helps if you have something good that you're selling. But is that a must? No, I've sold things that weren't great. I used to sell Nestle when I was in in, um, in New York for over nine months. That's just a bottle of water. Those big bottles of water you bring with the machine so that, you know, businesses have hot and cold water. There's nothing special about that thing at all. We had competition doing the same thing. There was nothing great about that product. It's like, look, we just heat up your water. You have hot water now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, so the product doesn't really matter. Um, I sold life insurance. You know, that was selling dreams more than anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, there should be some focus on the product, but that's why partnerships often make sense. So you can have one person focusing on that part and the other person focusing on the sales because that's how you stay in business. Awesome. We're, we're talking with Tom Leapelt, who is the owner of Smart Brand Marketing, and he's super exceptional about getting the word out about businesses, courses, Kindle, books online. And he's actually, you're located in Thailand right now, right? Yeah, I'm in Chiang Mai. That's why... I I don't know if you my mic's picking it up, but you hear the airplane going over. You hear the singing next door. Like you know, it's a it's it's a party town, man. It's always hot. <laughs> yes. Set the scene for us and tell us why you you think it's a great place to do business. Why Chiang Mai, Thailand? Why there as opposed to all other places in the world where you could be? So Chiang Mai, Thailand is a great place in the winter time, right? 
this is where about three to maybe 5,000 digital nomads and other developers and, and people working off the internet come annually. It's like a retreat. We have a ton of conferences, you know, people everywhere running businesses online. The cost of living, not as low as it used to be, but still, like I'm used to New York prices, right? So for New York prices, you can live here like a king. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if you don't make those type of salaries, as, as in New York, you can still live quite well. Like there's people living here on a thousand dollars a month, and there's they're still comfortable, right? If you have five thousand dollars a month, you wouldn't know what to do with it. Anything extra, it's just it's always going in your pocket because you can't spend it. There's just no way to spend it, you know. And I don't ever watch what I'm spending. You just can't spend more than five k here ever. So it's it's a great place for that. It's definitely hot. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if old people like that, but you know, in the winter, like I love Europe too, you know, and the States, but in the winter, this is a great place. You know, I would not recommend it maybe in some of the other seasons, but another thing too, there's always a lot of meetups going on. Um, like we have seven to 12 meetups every single week. Um, a lot of good food, uh, a lot of live music, a lot of places to explore. We have waterfalls, we have mountains, we have a lot of nature stuff, national parks, canyons, dams. There's a, there's a lot of stuff. So if you're into nature too, it's a lot of stuff very close outside the city. Yeah, and Thai people are super easy going too, right? So um, we don't have the same rules like we do in the States, in Thailand, right? Like if you see, a let's say, a no U-turn sign, right? And there's a cop sitting around, you still do the, the U-turn. They might look at you a little weird, you know, but we all understand it's an, just a suggestion, right? Like all these signs are only suggestions. Just, you know, just you do whatever you got to do. If someone stops you, just pay them off and you move on. <laughs> well, so you, you mentioned that it's good to do business there. We talked about the price of living, but is it that there's a lot of economic opportunity there? Is it a great place to start an online business and then live there? What's the tie-in between like living in Chiang Mai and building your empire? So it's a network, right? Like for me, not as much anymore, but if someone's starting out, like I said, you have 4,000 to 5,000 people here in a small area, all working online on their own businesses. You're, you're not going to find that anywhere else in the world. And trust me, I've been to all the other places that people talk about. And this is one of the top ones, especially for this long. From September to February, this is where all these people are for the most part. And if they're not here, they'll be in Vietnam or in Bangkok or, you know, it's, it's like an hour flight away to most spots. So it's really good for that, for the networking, for the uh, learning. But to me, it's all about people, man. Like, this is how you make great businesses. You you, you got to have the network. Yeah, that, that networking is key. I mean, I have had tons of doors open, tons of opportunity open, not necessarily because I was the best at something, but because of the relationships that I've built with people. And they knew that I offered something and they trusted me, right? So, like, I think the value of having a network is, A, it's good that you can have someone who can teach you things, but also they can open doors for you and vouch for you. Like there will be some people that I know and they'll say, hey, you know, you're doing this cool thing. Could you could you let me know how to be a part of it? And it's like, well, you know, I don't really trust you yet. Like <laughs> I don't trust that your work or your product or your work ethic. But then other people that are closer in my network, you know, I have no problem if they ask me. As a matter of fact, they're the ones that I'm like, oh, yeah, you should talk to so-and-so or you should talk to so-and-so because I just know that they're going to do a great job. So people want to sometimes build businesses in a silo or pursue their dreams in a silo. And um, that's just not the way to go. Man. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, for people to buy from you, they don't need to like you, but they 
do need to trust and respect you, just like you said. You know, that trust thing and that respect that's got to be there. Uh, likeability, you know, it's nice. That's like a more of a new generational thing. Be authentic, be likable. I don't personally care about either of those. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I can I can tell you why, too. If, yeah, you know, tell, uh, go ahead. Some people ask me, like, why don't you care about being authentic? Because I don't. And um, I always set this scene. Look, um, let's say you're going into surgery, right, Joey? Yep. And you're opened up on the table. Um, the surgeon's cutting stuff open. He's about to shut you up and, and, and you know, get all the stuff done. But before he does, now he starts feeling authentic. And he now needs to go relax. He's a little anxious, you know, because that's his feelings now. And he needs to go meditate for 20 minutes. Would you like that? Would you like a surgeon to leave you or do something else for a while because he's being authentic right now? Nah. No. <laughs> I want no. him to do his job. <laughs> yeah, you want them to be professional, right? So I always say focus on the professional part, not being authentic. Look, being authentic just means have a personality. And if that's really something you got to focus on, there are some major problems going on, you know, bigger than anything else, you know, being successful in business. Like, look, just be professional, man. That's that's what it's about. Yeah. Authentic, it's just, I don't know, I think it's nonsense. You know, it's just fine. Have a personality. I think we all do, right? Yeah. For sure. Cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. Again, we're talking with Tom Liebelt. He's the owner of Smart Brand Marketing. He's based in Thailand, but his work reaches all across the globe. Um, and one of the ways that he's doing his work is he is successful with launching and marketing online courses. Tom, how did you get into the online course space? I was doing SEO in Atlanta uh, maybe six, seven years ago. I don't know, time flies. But I was doing SEO. Um, I had a gym, a Muay Thai gym that I was working for. I brought them really, really good results. And one of the managers was a Muay Thai champion. And I've made a really good relationship with him. And one day he just asked me, he's like, look, can we move my training? Because he was also teaching classes online. I was like, I don't know, but we can try. This was way back too, you know, so it's, it wasn't uh, as popular as now with, you know, Udemy and Thinkific and Teachable. Mm -hmm. uh, but we did, you know, we struggled for a year and a half, maybe two to figure this stuff out. Um, after that, some other people asked me if I can help. And I said, I don't know, maybe, you know, I'd like to see if I can do it again and again. And eventually I, you know, sort of figure out a system, right? Um, every course is different. Every audience is different. But the way you get to the success is similar. So, you know, I feel I have over 75 successful ones under my belt. I sort of know what I'm doing now. So what's that formula that you use for online course marketing? The formula is initially you got to do a ton of research and people like to skip that part. But you need the research to figure out how to position it, um, how to price it, how to build the ecosystem, how to transfer that in-person sale online, who that person that you're selling to is. Like you need a lot of info initially to set this all up and then once you do you create the first test then you should have all the tools in place to do the heat maps analytics everything else to make sure you get a lot of data look at that test create a new plan implement and do it again and you will tweak until everything falls in place right but that research part is super important it's how you know how to speak to the person that's going to your website because the website's role is to be a salesperson that's sitting around when you're sleeping you know, so if they're not doing that job, and I see most websites not do that job, there's no purpose to them. You know, they shouldn't even exist. I agree. And so you, you're researching the customer, you're researching how to communicate with them. Once you've done that process and you sort of nailed it down, are there any specific features or aspects of an online course that make it more successful? Uh, are there some do's and don'ts to creating a successful online course? Uh, what are your thoughts there? Initially, don't start with paid traffic unless you are just doing remarketing and you have a lot of cold traffic already coming in. Don't because Facebook and Google are notorious for taking your money. 
you know, so don't start with those. The main do is, look, if you can sell one of these in person or over the phone, just transfer exactly what you've done and make that your funnel, right? Because people are calling um, funnels something special now, which they're not. They're just a sales process. Getting the person's attention or interrupting them, getting them excited about what you're doing, tackling some problem that they're having, showing them how valuable your system is and that you're the one to solve it, and then you close. You just make that into the process, right? So selling a course is very similar to selling anything else, but you should do it in person first or on the phone to figure out what you're actually doing and how these customers want to be sold, right? Because customers love buying. They don't like being sold. So just figure out what that is by doing it. But what I love about courses is that one, if you do them right, you control the assets, right? So with a lot of other businesses, you don't control assets. With Online courses, if you do them right, it's fairly passive. And if it's not, it's residual, depending on how you set things up. And they're a very good stepping stone for higher item sales that you can have. You know, um, you can build a, a big business on top of your online course. And for speakers and authors, what I love about them is that speakers, you know, they have to go somewhere to speak and they get paid. They have books often, but the books don't make money and there's nothing in between. There's none of that mid-range item that they can sell for people who read the book and love it, but don't yet want to go to some private retreat with them. And also the coach doesn't want to always spend time for money, right? So this is like a perfect mid passive income piece that, that works really well. Yeah. Okay. Last question here. It's actually a listener question. We put the word out that you're going to be on the show. And so we wanted to get a few people's questions so that I could ask you. So I, I just have one here. And the question is, what are some of the marketing trends that you predict will be a win in 2019? Marketing trends. The biggest trend that came back now was prospecting on LinkedIn, you know, and it's it's sort of caught me by surprise a little bit, too, because I thought LinkedIn was dead. But it's really a great prospecting tool. And, you know, I realized that there's only two reasons to be on LinkedIn. And one is someone trying to get a job to someone trying to get a client. And I think, you know, prospecting itself will be a huge trend again, because it seems like people forgot how to prospect. And a lot of the authors and sales gurus that I speak to now, they're making a ton of money teaching sales teams and CEOs and executive teams how to get these salespeople to prospect again. And it, to me, it's incredible, but it seems like, you know, that's, that's a huge thing too. Another one is that people will start building out their ecosystems out a little more. You know, before it used to be just having a platform. So, you you know, just have your blog and all your, all your socials, right? Which is fine. But by an ecosystem, I mean, when someone gets into your sales conversation, right? Like things need to be set up in that ecosystem that everything leads them towards the close. And a lot of people are not doing that. You know, they use socials and things to be popular and, you know, funny and entertaining and witty, which doesn't mean anything. You know, influence by itself doesn't buy you anything. So these ecosystems will start popping out more and more, which will just lead people down the conversation. Well, Tom, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today, man. How can folks find you online? Just go to Smart Brand Marketing. That's the best place. And just, yeah, reach out to me. You can uh, easily contact me through there. Sweet. Any parting thoughts that you'd like to share today? I just wish you the best of luck, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, like I said before, I feel like we could talk forever. I know we said we'll do like a 20-minute show but let's definitely stay in touch and I'd love to have you back on sometime later in 2019. Just let me know. Good deal. Talk to you soon. Yep. Take care. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at? Only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems. Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country 
according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at JoeyVPriceHR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.BusinessLifeAndCoffee.com and our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.